Good morning. All right, I had to work on that in class this morning. Grandma Judy this, uh, this morning said in class that, uh, you know, when somebody says good morning to you, you say good morning back. Ready? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right. All right. That's good. Uh, man, today is a big day. It is a big day. And you're probably all thinking something different, but it's a big day for me because we're finally making John chapter 13. So I'm excited. It's good. No, it's a big day. Uh, uh, we've been in a study of John for a while, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that here in a minute. But man, uh, today is a big day because uh, of John chapter 13. But also, if you can smell it, we're having potluck today. And Craig already said it. Man, what a great day uh, to fellowship together and just enjoy a meal. And what a blessing that is. And then, of course, the annual meeting that all are invited to. So uh, uh, what a glorious day it is. Amen? Amen. It is good. And we thank every one of you for coming through those doors right there uh, to come and choose Beecher Island as a place to, to praise and worship. The uh, place to come and fellowship. The place to come and, uh, and uh, seek the Lord. And what a blessing that is. Uh, uh, if today is your first time being here or first time watching online, uh, the people here are amazing. Uh, I, I, I really believe that. I think the people are amazing that are here. Uh, but also, Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And I say it every Sunday because I truly believe that we are about God's Word. We're not about religion or legalism. <laughs> We're about His Word, and that's what we try to stand in. And when I mess it up, I expect all of you to tell me. And that's what I like. So it is good. Um, let's get after it, if you will. And you have your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 13. Uh, John chapter 13. It is... Uh, it begins the upper room discourse. Jesus is, is stepping away from His public ministry now as we move into chapter 13. He moves away from His public ministry and goes into the upper room in Jerusalem and starts making it personal. Now it's, it's, it's gone, going from those who were against Jesus he was out in the streets and out in the, in the public preaching and, and the hostile Jews. He's, he's set him aside. He, he, he's coming in. And, and uh, moves to a ministry for those who have called on Him. Who have received Him. For those who, who, who are all about Him. You know, the first 12 chapters uh, that, that we've worked through, uh, they were really about Jesus uh, being rejected. But as we transition and go through chapters 13 through 17, I believe that this set of chapters is probably the, the love chapters of the whole New Testament. They have so much love in them. And, and what I mean in that is I want you to, I encourage you to open up your heart and see the love that Jesus pours out through these chapters. And, and, and it's amazing what Jesus lays out to His disciples and to us in that. 
So I'm excited to journey through uh, these next uh, chapters 13 through 17, and then, and then the chapters after that will be intense, we'll say. It'll be good. Um, but in that, um, we, we have read the first 12 chapters with something in mind. John chapter 20, verse 31. And, and I don't want that to change. John chapter 20, uh, verse 31, John lays out why he wrote this gospel. He says, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you will have life in His name. That is how I want us to continue to read as we journey through the Gospel of John. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I just thank You so much for all that You do. I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that we have it and we can turn to it. And Lord, I pray for wisdom in it though. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you, you let it just be, uh, just fill us. I, I pray that we, that we seek our relationship with you through your word. Lord, this morning uh, we have quite an account. And I pray that we truly look at the the spiritual meaning of what you're laying out here, Lord. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, John chapter 13. And we're going to read uh, from verses about 1 through, through about uh, probably 20. <coughs> yeah. Uh, all right, John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. <clears throat> and supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Issachar, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from Supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came in to Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, my, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew... Who would betray him? Therefore he said, You are not all clean. <clears throat> so when he had washed their feet, taken his garment, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, 
nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Amen, amen. Uh, the day before the crucifixion, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to die, to rise again and go back with the Father. Uh, he had poured his love out. He had performed miracle after miracle, sign after sign, to prove that he is the Christ, the Son of God. He had done all that. And now he goes to the upper room and, and, he, and he's going to prove his infinite love in a whole different degree. I'll just shoot straight with you. I struggle with verse 2, though. And we're just going to leave it alone for today. Um, we're going to come back to it, though, uh, the last part of this chapter. Maybe next Sunday, maybe the Sunday after. Sometime we're going to deal with it. <laughs> Sometime we're going to come back to it and deal with verse 2 because it ties in with some other stuff as we, we go on in the chapter. But, but as we get to verse 3, um, all I can think about is anybody who questions the deity of Jesus. Anybody who questions his deity, look what he says. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. But the reason that this was said is because uh, he, he's emphasizing who was performing the task of a slave. He, he lays it out here. The, the Jesus, it was not just a rabbi, not just a teacher, but Jesus... Jesus is the one that's going to perform this task. And he's very aware of his deity. Very aware. He, he knew the works that had been committed to him. He knew that he had come from the Father. That he was going back to the Father. It was that awareness of who he was. It was that, particular, that, that awareness of, of his mission and his destiny enabled him to stoop down wash the feet of his disciples. Before we get to Jesus getting up from the table, though, I want to add something to this, this account. You see, if we go to Luke chapter 22, we don't need to turn there, but I just want to, you can read it this week if you want to, but in Luke chapter 22, they're in the upper room. They're, they're there. And the disciples all start having an argument of who was the greatest. They were having a true argument of who was better than who. Who was, who was greater than who? You know, you know I, I think about this. <clears throat> because maybe they were having this argument because they were trying to figure out who was going to wash the feet. Because it was customary to wash feet. It, it, they were going to have a meal. It was customary for somebody to wash their feet before they sit down to eat a meal. And so my guess is, is that they were... This is my opinion, okay? My guess is they were having this argument <clears throat> because nobody wanted to wash anybody's feet. I can understand that. <laughs> but 
But as they're having this argument about who was greater, Jesus didn't say anything. He gets up from the table, takes off his outer garment, puts a towel around his waist, and fills up a basin of water and goes to washing their feet. Can't imagine. Can, can you picture this in your head? What's going on in this room? The intimacy that's already happening in this room. And now Jesus fills up this basin and washes their feet. Can you picture this going on? Let me ask you this. Can you picture Jesus washing your feet? Can you picture Jesus washing your feet? Can you picture Jesus washing the feet of the traitor? What a picture. What a lesson. What a lesson for each one of us to, to picture Jesus washing his feet. Verse 6, it says, He came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. You know, I've struggled with that verse. I've struggled with this whole deal probably for most of my life. I'm just going to be real with you. But I never stepped back and broke it down. I never stepped back to, to look what Jesus is trying to say in this as he talks with Peter here. Now, I can definitely see that Peter's shocked to even think that, that, that Jesus would wash his feet. This was his rabbi. This was his teacher. This was his savior. And he expressed his disapproval. He's like, no, no one as great as you are going to stoop down and wash my feet. I am not worthy of that. Don't, don't you do that. The sight of God and the role of a servant. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. I mean, do you ever picture Jesus that way? I, I probably struggle myself picturing him that way. But then Jesus stops and teaches Peter and all the disciples. There was a spiritual meaning about what he was doing. There was a, a spiritual meaning about what he was doing. And I try to put myself in Peter's shoes, but I... But when I do that, I, I think that I put myself in his shoes just as he was thinking. He could only see the physical act that was about to take place. And that was me. For years, I could only see the physical act that Jesus was doing as he washed their feet. I didn't understand the, the spiritual significance as to what was happening. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with Jesus was saying, apart from his washing, there could be no fellowship. No fellowship at all with him. The, the meaning of the foot washing is now unfolding in front of the disciples, in front of us. And here's what I've struggled with, but it's fully come to light for me. You see, there's a difference between the foot washing and the bath that we'll get to here in a minute. 
There's an absolute difference between them. As Christians walking through this world, you know what we pick up? We, we pick up a, a certain amount of defilement, if you want to say. We get dust on our feet. I think that's okay to say. We pick up dust. We, we uh, listen to vile talk. We, we, uh, we look at unholy things. We have unholy thoughts. We work with ungodly people. We're around ungodly people. And even though we probably don't want to admit it, uh, inevitably it soils us as believers. It soils us. And we need to be constantly clean from that. But the question becomes then, well, how is Jesus washing our feet today? How, how, how are our feet getting washed today? How is he doing that? You see, this foot washing takes place by the water of the Word. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Turn with me there if you, if you have your Bibles. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. If you don't have your Bibles or if you have a pen, write this verse down because I want you to study it this week. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. We're going we're gonna to jump over the first little part of there. I'm not going to preach on husbands this morning. But it says, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We're the church, right? We're the church. That he might sanctify and cleanse her, us, with the washing of water by the word. When I read that, I'm like, woo! It all ties back to it. It says, says the water, washing of water by the Word. As we read and study God's Word, as we read and study the Bible, as we hear it preached, as we, as we gather up with other people and we fellowship with other people and, and have godly conversation, as we, as we lift each other up, we find it cleanses us from the evil that we are surrounded by. The evil in our minds. The evil that, that tries to grab a hold of the dust that gets on our feet. Cleanses us. It, it washes us. His Word. But on the other hand, the more we neglect the Bible, the more we let it collect dust on our shelf, the more we, we gather ourselves around ungodly people, the more those wicked influences and thoughts remain in us. They remain in us and, and in our minds and in our lives and causing us no concern whatsoever. What I mean is that as we become more intimate in our relationship with Christ, the more mature we come in Him, as we become more sanctified, we should desire, we should, we should crave God's Word. We should crave being around godly people. We should crave being part of Bible studies. We should crave anything that we can do to gather up with God. You see, when I'm being ill-minded, probably, uh, and I'm having bad thoughts, the last thing I want to do, I'm just going to shoot. I'm just going to be honest. The last thing I want to do is pick up God's Word and read it. And if you're different than me, man, praise God. But the last thing I want to do when I'm being a jerk is pick up God's Word and read it. Do you know why that is? Because of Colossians 3.2. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And when you pick up God's Word and you read it, where's your mind go? It goes there. It gets off the earthly things and it goes there. 
On the other hand, we, we can help wash each other's feet, can't we? Gather around. But, but I don't like it when Brother Jeff comes up to me and says, man, you're kind of falling short. <laughs> what can I do? What can I do to help you? Man, can I pray with you? That's a foot washing. And I want to be about that. I want to be about being godly. And as we talk about the church, being godly with the church people and everybody outside of it. Because you know what? I do fall short. I fall short a lot. And sometimes I, I need a brother or sister in Christ to come along and say, hey, it's all right. We'll journey together. And if we're being real, we probably all could use that. Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Let's be about his foot washing. But I love what Peter goes on to say. Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. He didn't understand what was going on right now. Now Peter shifts to the extreme. And just a minute ago he said, never, never will you wash my feet. And now he's saying, wash my whole body. And my guess is he was taking off his outer garment. He's like, you wash me, Jesus. I want to be about you. Wash me. Head to toe. I'm here. <laughs> but then Jesus lays out another teaching for him. Jesus said in verse 10, back over in John chapter 13, verse 10, Jesus said to him, He who has bathed, I want you to hear this, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. He who is bathed is completely clean, and you are clean. He tells Peter right there, you are clean, but not all of you. He wasn't talking about Peter at that point. He was talking about another person sitting in that room. Because it goes on, for he knew that the one who was betraying him, for this reason he said, not all of you are clean. Church, I need you to focus right here. Church, I need you to hear this this morning. Okay? I need to, to understand what Jesus has given here. The spiritual meaning of this whole story, we got to get this. And this is there is a difference between the bath and the basin. There's an absolute difference between the bath and the basin, and I never got it. And now I see the spiritual difference. The bath speaks of the cleansing received at the time of salvation, the bath happens once. The, the bath is being cleansed from the penalty of sin by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it happens once. And it's a glorious day when it happens. You see, I want to read some scripture this morning, and, I, and if you want to, just write them down, and I want you to listen to them, okay? So, so if you have a pen, pencil, write it down. Poke your finger if you need to put it in blood. I don't, no, I'm joking. But listen to these scriptures. We're going to start with Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, 23 through 27. Here it is. 
Ezekiel 36, 23 through 27. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. <clears throat> For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into, into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. That's a bad. That's a bad. Romans 10:9. Romans 10:9. If you declare with your mouth and if you, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a bad. John 17:3. Now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's a bad. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone. The new is here. That's a bad. That's a bad. The giving of your life to Christ, becoming born again, happens once. Once. You don't need to be in fear. It happens once and it's glorious. But church, the, the, the basin speaks of the pollution of evil, of, of the sin that must take place continually through the Word of God. The washing of our feet. There is one bath, but there is many foot washings. Many foot washings. I think Paul laid it out great when he, when he penned in Philippians 3, 12-14. When he said this, he said, not that, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Church, once we come to Christ, we don't need to be in fear as to if we have salvation or not. Man, I don't want any person in the, that's listening to me today to ever, ever say, I hope I've done enough. There's one man. And that one man gives you heaven. And you don't need to worry if you've done enough. You don't need to worry if, if, if you did it right. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you are clean. Period. Period. But don't forsake the foot washing. Don't forsake the foot washings, the seeking of God's word in every way you can. Don't, don't forsake your prayer time. 
Don't, don't forsake gathering with a church, gathering with people of the church, gathering with people of God. Bible studies. Godly conversation. I asked you earlier if you could picture Jesus washing your feet. Well, you know what? Every time you read His Word, you can picture Jesus washing your feet. That's an amazing picture. And I had to think about that a lot this week so that I can tell you that this morning because when I really pictured that, I couldn't handle it. When I really pictured every time I... I go to this every time I pick this up and read it and I let it work in me. Jesus is washing my feet. I don't know about you, but to me that's amazing. That my God would stoop down to wash my feet. Me being so unworthy of that, but yet love me so much. That he would cleanse me in a bath and he'd wash my feet forever, saying, Come to me. So, church, let's be about foot washing. Let's be about the foot washing that Jesus is laying out. Now, I'll know, <clears throat> I know that there is so much more teaching that can go on with this, and we're going to keep going next week. But, but today, uh, I've taken up my allotted time, and so we're going we're gonna to shut her down there. But listen, <coughs> it's amazing what our God, who our God is and what He does. So church, uh, if you've already confessed Jesus Christ as, as Lord, say Amen. amen. Okay, you struggled with good morning. Don't struggle with this. Okay? Church, if you've already confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, say amen. 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 And there's nothing we can be prouder of. We can, we can have pride in Him. We can, we can boast in Him. He tells us that. <clears throat> Don't ever be afraid to say amen that Jesus Christ is Lord. Your Lord. Your Lord, because it is good. It is good. But if you didn't get to say amen this morning because you have not confessed him, man, today's the day. Today is the day to allow him to wash you. To allow him to be the Lord of your life. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. If you have not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and been washed by the blood of a lamb, today is the day. Today is the day. Pray with come, come and pray with me as we stand and sing here. <clears throat> if that's what you're doing for the, for the first time today, man, I want to talk with you because it is a good day. It is a good day. But if you said amen, let's get to being about the foot washing. Let's get to being about the foot washing that Jesus lays out here. Okay? If you need prayers this morning, man, I want to pray with you. If you need prayers this morning, I want you to come up, full, up here when, when we stand and sing. And I'm going to invite the music team up. <clears throat> but when we stand and sing here in a minute, if you need any prayers for anything, man, come forward.
Come forward and I'd love to pray with you. But you know what? If you just want to seek Jesus this morning, come forward and just pray. As we, as we stand sitting, come forward and pray. Don't be afraid to get on your knees and seek Him. Because that's what we're about. Or we should be about. Seeking Him in every way. So if you need prayers this morning, we want to pray with you. If you just want to pray by yourself, you want to come forward and use the front of the church to seek your Savior. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to do that. Father God, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for the teachings that You give us. Lord, I thank You that, that it's one bath. That it's one bath. We, we don't need to continue to be washed. As Peter said, well, wash me from head to toe. You told Peter, Peter, you're already clean. You're already clean. You don't need it again. You just need a foot washing. You just need a foot washing. And Lord, I pray that we understand that. That we understand that when we confess You, we are clean. Period. But Lord, in that we also need foot washing. We need to knock the dust off because of the evil that's in it, all around us. We need to knock all that off and just be of You, Lord. Help us, help us to dive into Your Word and seek those foot washings. Help us to pick it up and dive in. Lord, help us to Help us to seek out opportunities to be in Your Word. Lord, I thank You for that. I thank You for all the godly people in this room. God, I pray that You help us with our struggles. But I pray in that, that we lay our struggles at Your feet. Because Lord, we know that You are right here with us. It's just us laying down our pride and setting everything that's, that's got us burdened at Your feet. Lord, thank you for allowing us to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us. If you need prayers, please come forward.